0: Hello, and welcome to the Idaho Reports podcast. I'm Logan Finney. Joining me this week is Daniel Strawn, who is a professor of environmental soil chemistry at the University of Idaho, to discuss some research that he worked on uh, regarding phosphorus absorption in nutrient-enhanced biochar. Uh, Professor Strawn, thanks for joining us.
1: Hi, thank you for having me.
0: Uh, so, nutrient enhanced biochar sounds very sciencey and technical. So, um, you're the one who did the research here, and I'm not. Can you give us a layman's understanding of, of what the science is here and what research uh, you were part of?
1: Sure. So, this research project is um, this this one paper that just came out, it's a product of a collaborative effort between several investigators, um, the, uh, myself and another PI, Greg Moeller have been working on using biochar to recover phosphorus and nitrogen, which are major plant nutrients, um, and uh, recover it from wastewater and reuse it in agriculture um, as plant nutrients. And so um, we developed a technology uh, of using this biochar. So let me explain real quick what biochar is. Biochar is a, essentially uh, the in a very layman's term it's it's just like the charcoal you use in your barbecue and now there are differences um, uh, but it's very similar. Um, so this biochar is produced from waste biomass another probably uh, technical term but you can think of waste biomass as agricultural residue for example when you harvest wheat um, that we only use the grain and the stalks and everything else are left over well you can, Pyrolyze that and create this charcoal, what we call biochar. Um, it's also produced from forest biomass.
0: And biomass is something that folks might be familiar with in um, the clean energy space, right? It's meant to be sort of an, an energy production that's not relying on fossil fuels.
1: Right. So uh, yeah, that's a good point. The um, so let's take for example a lot of the biochar we're using now that what we call the feedstock or the or the in, main ingredient is actually forest biomass. So that perhaps a beetle kill or where a forest fire went through and there's a lot of um trees that have died, they'll harvest those and that's what we call biomass. And then so you can use that to produce energy actually in the pyrolysis and then and a, which is essentially heating up that biomass in the absence of oxygen, and it will produce a biofuel. And so that's what you're referring to. And then as a byproduct of that biofuel production is the biochar or charcoal. Um, and so we're, we're taking that biochar and we found that it's very reactive. It'll sequester, um, absorb um, uh, uh, chemicals from solutions. And so we developed a uh, process that we can use this biochar to treat wastewater, such as municipal wastewater, um, agricultural uh, drainage, uh, uh, food processing um, uh, water, or uh, uh, for example, right now we have a a, a pilot trial going on at a dairy to treat that wastewater, uh, dairy wastewater. And what we're trying to do is use this biochar and um, if we can, you know, wastewater has a lot of nutrients in it, uh, phosphorus and nitrogen. That's what causes algae growth in, in um, streams and lakes. And so we want to take that out, that phosphorus and nitrogen, and which is a fertilizer, and uh, we put it on the biochar and then we take the biochar and we can use it to grow uh, uh, more plants. And so it kind of replaces the traditional fertilizers that farmers would be purchasing. And so it's it's really where what I like the big picture here is um, recycling. We're using biochar to recycle nutrients out of wastewater, and uh, and and instead of you know them going off into surface waters or just um, being discarded, we um, uh, actually can reuse them. So that's that's the big picture of, of what we're doing.
0: Yeah, it's it seemed to me like there's kind of two ends of this process. There's using the biochar almost like a sponge to soak up the minerals where they would be discarded and then you can actually use that in fertilizer. Is that is, is that the right understanding? Exactly.
1: Yes, perfect. So and it's it's really um what's really neat about it is a, a lot of um you know in the agriculture and in soil science um, there's a lot of people really interested in adding biochar to soils could Im- improve soil health. Um, and what we're suggesting is that, okay, we can do that. Adding biochar to soil can be good, but why not add some of these recycled nutrients, uh, at the same time and offset the, the fertilizers that you'd traditionally have to buy. And so a major, uh, in, in addition to increasing soil health it also sequesters carbon. So biochar, when you add it into soil, it can last for 100 to 1000 years. Um, So that carbon is is essentially in that soil, um, and it reduces the overall um, uh, carbon loading to the atmosphere by or offsets it, I should say, uh, by adding the carbon to the soil.
0: And in terms of soaking up these or capturing these minerals like phosphorus um, and nitrogen in wastewater plants, that has environmental benefits as well, too, uh, doesn't it? Like personally, I've done some reporting and coverage of in the Lake Coeur d'Alene Basin, they're working very, very hard and the state has invested a lot of money in um, preventing phosphorus loading into the lake for um, some environmental concerns from historical mining up there. And of course phosphorus causes algae blooms all over the country. So is is this yeah. also in environmental um, technology possibly?
1: Yes, exactly. It's, it's I think what was really neat about this project is we really tick off a lot of boxes. I mean, we're capturing carbon, we're recycling nutrients, and we're cleaning water. Um, with the technology, we incorporated biochar in a water treatment technology, um, the, that uh, technology, and we actually have a patent for that um and uh we can with this technology we can essentially reduce phosphorus down to i mean below detection level um and so that's great because otherwise the a lot of wastewater plants are and, and agriculture industries they are emitting phosphorus and nitrogen um, into surface and groundwaters and like you said it it creates a big problem um, in promoting uh, uh, algae growth and you we may have heard of things like harmful algae blooms, HABs. And so all that's bad and it's caused it's in fresh waters and estuaries um, and, 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 uh, and the, the uh, big anoxic zone in the Gulf of Mexico. it's all caused by excess nutrient loading. And so this technology has the potential to be part of the solution for capturing those nutrients and keeping them out of out of the water.
0: And so like you referenced, um, the University of Idaho now holds a patent for this biochar water treatment process that you worked on. Um, you also worked with researchers from Washington State University and the University of Saskatchewan. Is that right?
1: Yeah, that's correct. Um, Manuel Garcia Perez and uh, uh, Derek um, Peek uh, are professors uh, at the, those universities. Um, and uh, they were instrumental in uh, moving this project forward. Um, you know, like all all research is usually done by a collaboration. Um, so it was really good to work with them. Manuel Garcia Perez is a professor at Washington State University. He um, is an expert on biochar production, um, and so he he um, had some really interesting biochars that we did uh, research on and report on in this paper. And uh, uh, Dr. Peak, Derek Peak, he's at uh, University of Saskatchewan, and he's an expert on phosphorus chemistry. has similar um, skill set as, as 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 I do. Um, but he's at the University of Saskatchewan. It's right next to the Canadian Light source, which is a giant synchrotron um, uh, uh, up in Canada. So he really is an expert at using that facility, and we collaborated. And um, work together to to collect some really um, unique data to help us understand how this biochar can be used in water treatment.
0: Yeah, tell us a little bit more about the Canadian Light Source, that uh, giant synchrotron. Tell tell us yeah. um, not too technical, <laughs> but yeah. but tell me um, what is this facility and what did it specifically allow you to to look at here?
1: Sure, right so. Um, a synchrotron is essentially uh, imagine something the big circle the size of perhaps a football field diameter of a football field Um, and it's got a a ring on the outside and essentially photons and uh, go around this ring and as they're bent around the ring they emit x-rays and so an x-ray is is essentially what we call the light source um and so These synchrotrons can produce really bright x rays. I mean, on, uh, I can't remember off the top of my head, but on the order of uh, uh, 100,000 to a million times uh, brighter than the x ray that you go to the doctor to get your, uh, to get x rays with. So they're really bright. And so we can put this, we put this biochar in front of those x rays and it gives us uh, um, some information about what the biochar and the phosphorus, how they're interacting. And so it's a very advanced technique. These are, these facilities are, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars to build and and operate. Um, And so they're really, um, uh, they're very powerful and it's really, a great opportunity to work at them there it's very competitive to get time at them so we were very fortunate because um, there's a lot of scientists that want to access them so they have to limit the availability and so we were we were really fortunate to use um, be able to use the Canadian light source and the synchrotron source to uh, really discover what how that phosphorus is interacting with the biochar and that probably, by getting information on how how they're interacting, we can customize and tailor the process to work better and really come up with a a technology that is optimum for removing the phosphorus and adding it back to the soil as a fertilizer. And so that's what we did with the Canadian Light Source.
0: Very cool. So now that you've published this paper about the research you did with Canadian Light Source, um, what are the next steps for you in this research?
1: Yeah, so this paper was uh, in my field, I would say it was a little bit on the the uh, fundamental side, discovery side of of the this um, research. so the the next step is to try to move it a little bit more towards the applied side. So we now that we've discovered how the biochar and phosphorus interact, we can, like I said, we can customize the process and we want to test it in, growing plants and so we're right right now even today we have uh, a pilot scale process um, at a dairy we're recovering dairy nutrients on the biochar and then we're going to take that biochar and we're going to do a a field trial on a crop um, in southern Idaho um, and see how it works for growing plants um, as a so the biochar like I said it'll improve the soil health and now we're providing Uh, nitrogen and phosphorus into the soil. So it'll replace some of the uh, conventional fertilizers that farmers will put on. Um, And so that's really what the the next step is for us, is to see how how it's going to work as as a soil amendment and plant growth um, uh, nutrient supply.
0: All right. Well, this is a very cool intersection of agriculture and science and academic research. Is there anything else that you think our audience should know uh, about this project that you're working on?
1: Well, I think, uh, you know, like I said, we've been fortunate to have a group of collaborators. The research is supported by the USDA and EPA from competitive grants. Um, The EPA is interested in producing clean water and preventing nutrients from causing algae blooms, So they liked our technology and the USDA is interested in making more sustainable, in this case, dairies um so that uh you know the nutrient cycle can be essentially um, uh, recycled and uh, actually uh, capture those nutrients instead of wasting them so we're really fortunate to have that support uh, for the research
0: all right daniel strong professor of environmental soil chemistry at the university of idaho thanks for joining us this week
1: yeah thanks for having me logan Presentation of Idaho Reports on Idaho Public Television is made possible through the generous support of the Laura Moore Cunningham Foundation, committed to fulfilling the Moore and Bettis family legacy of building the great state of Idaho. By the Friends of Idaho Public Television and by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Hi, I'm Marcia Franklin, the producer and host of Dialogue. For more than 25 years, we've been bringing you conversations that matter. More than 150 of those conversations are with writers, and now you can take them with you wherever you go, while you're walking, around the house, or in the car. Just search for Dialogue with Marsha Franklin on Apple Podcasts and other podcast platforms, and remember to subscribe so that new shows download automatically. Enjoy.